0: It's the underpowered hour on this week's show car photography from the new James Bond movie no time to die we're joined by Daniel Tomlinson from retro 80 and we talk about the weekend car shows and now here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at the BarrisCollection.com or check us out on Instagram, at the Bear's Collection, I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss.
1: Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the leaky, wheezing heater to Stephen's Dual Zone Climate Control, the Smith's Round Heater of Podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike, another week,
0: and we are back today, uh, Fantastic guest. I mean, I don't know uh, on the, in the in the list of guests so far as uh, famous people in the uh, Land Rover community. Uh, we have Daniel from Retro Eighty, uh, the maker of such amazing uh, Land Rover based art, incredible posters, stickers, mugs, hats, everything you could imagine, plus a YouTube channel and Instagram presence. He's he's really everything you could want from your modern <laughs> Land Rover uh, goods and services creator. So very excited to talk to him.
1: Yeah, he's my favorite purveyor of uh, Land Rover ephemera. I really uh, like his style. He really uh, does a very thoughtful, wonderful job of uh, capturing and conveying the the Land Rover spirit with all of his uh, artwork and posters. I I really like his prints, and I have some of them hanging in my shop. So I'm excited to talk to him. And uh, we should do another episode in the future just about Land Rover art and Land Rover's history with art and advertising. That would be super fun to do, too. Oh yeah,
0: there's so much, uh, so much great stuff out there, and uh, yeah, it's on the list along with patent drawings. Uh, talking about uh, different patent drawings.
1: <laughs> so speaking of art uh, and uh, and in the movies, uh, there's a little bit of Land Rover news this week. Uh, I think you saw some uh, clip of the new James Bond, No Time to Die. Uh yeah.
0: If you go to uh you know, there's all kind there's a great little uh, feature at I actually saw it on Instagram, but I think you can just kinda kinda look for it. The cinematography of uh the new no time to die. I mean, to be fair, these days, who has time to die? Right? I just don't we got so much going on. We're, I'm no too time. busy. Too busy No time to die. I would die, I wanna die. I would die. I just don't have any time.
1: I I tried several it. times earlier this year, you know, gave it my best <laughs> shot, but yeah. uh didn't happen couldn't do it couldn't, couldn't do it do you it. really Too did busy. i
0: mean you know so, yeah i mean there are people who have who have not tried as hard and been more successful so <laughs> you know i don't uh, i don't know I don't know. I don't know how you've gotten out of it, but uh, great little featurette on uh, the you know the sort of production of No Time to Die, and of course we know about the Defender, we know about the Range Rover Sport and uh, multiple Defenders, multiple Range Rover Sports. The funny thing is that I think the Defender was like a pre-production model at that time, and now I think we're already into the second model year by the time that movie came out. But whatever, no problem. It's been done for I think three years. But there's also a Series Three that James Bond drives a blue series three, uh, no top on it, a topless, uh, series three that he's, uh, driving through some far flung, fantastic, uh, European, uh, town and, uh, lots of great shots of the cameras rigged to that car. Uh, some new shots I hadn't seen before in trailers and things of some of the action around those, uh, you know, those vehicles. Uh, and it looks really cool. It's, it's really neat to see, I, I think both, you know, the, the bond DB five, uh, I believe it is. And, uh, the series three and of course the new cars as well but it's neat that they really focus i think since the daniel craig movies have really focused on bringing the older cars uh, back into the bond franchise not just the newest you know the, the pierce brosman ones were maybe the farthest away from the original sort of uh, vehicles with the bmw and all of this sort of you know it was pretty foreign to what, you know, was sort of the, you know, the, the, the heyday of a uh, bond of vehicles. But, uh, this anyways, great little featurette. Again, I found it on Instagram. I'm sure if you go to the, uh, no time to die, uh, Instagram, you can, uh, you can find it, but really, really cool, really cool. You can see all the camera work and stuff.
1: I wonder if that has anything to do with, uh, Daniel Craig being a Land Rover enthusiast. I think we talked about him on one of our, uh, Land Rover owner of the week. He's definitely had a, a series car that at least one that we know of.
0: Yeah, no, he's uh, yeah he's a big fan, a big fan of the mark. And uh, well, I'm sure he's kept the cars out from this movie too. A lot of uh, a lot of actors, especially of of Daniel Craig, uh, sort of uh, you know ilk. If uh, they want, they're just going to keep those cars uh, to a certain extent. If they're done with the press tour for those cars, and the studio doesn't want them, uh, you know, he'll just take. He'll, they'll take them. They'll just take them. Just drive it away. Just he well, just drives home with it, it.
1: I don't even feel bad. Series three with Thunder Flares. I'm not going to miss it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, he's. It's really. It's a curse. It's a curse. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's a curse. <laughs> you know, speaking
0: of the bond cars, I don't know if you uh, if you've heard, but uh, for some reason DHL, and that may be something to do with their, um, you know, with their relationship. Uh, both, I guess, with the with Europe and with uh, Land Rover, but they're actually touring the Bond uh, vehicles around the country over the course of the next, around the United States, over the course of the next little while. They're here in Los Angeles right now at uh, the uh, venerable uh, Peterson Automotive Museum. I'm going to try to get down there uh, before they disappear um, and check them out because, uh, yeah, it's a whole line of cars from uh, the, you know, the Aston Martins through that weird little gyrocopter thing to the Lotus, all kinds of uh, the Lotus submarine cars all kinds of cool uh, Bond cars from over the years. So uh, those are on display.
1: I, uh, I think that the uh, the little gyrocopter, the folding little copter, I don't think it's on display. Oh, no? I No, I, I, at least I don't think so. Um, the one that he like packs up in a suitcase. Um, yeah, I don't know which one it was. I did see
0: a helicopter in their brochure, but it might not be that one. It might be a different helicopter.
1: One of the uh, curators at the Peterson Automobile Museum um, is uh, is a customer of ours and a Land Rover enthusiast. He has mm-hmm. a, a a series car, a super nice guy. I really like him a lot. And uh, he he called the other day. Rich reminds me I need to call him back. But um, yeah, we were talking about the uh, the exhibit, and I think Guy Allen, who's an artist that uh, yeah. uh, it, that uh, I really enjoy, he did the uh, posters and whatnot for that exhibit. Yeah. Well, speaking of artists. Uh, uh, of uh cars uh
0: and uh artists and uh uh exhibit the the rapper exhibit um let's uh, let's uh, boot up the uh boot up uh, crank up uh what do we do with the interview machine i'm not exactly sure it's a, a traditional crank start but uh, ike is working on uh, putting a an electric starter uh in there somehow but we've met i would, uh, we've met I would never do that <laughs> 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 the manual crank of podcasting. Um, we uh, so let's boot up the old uh, the old interview machine and uh, see if we can get uh, see if we can get Daniel. We've again as we're dealing with the UK, um, some spotty uh, internet uh, situations, uh, but we'll uh, you know we'll do our best to uh, to weather that storm and uh, and see what uh, Daniel has to say. So uh, uh, drop in some ninety
1: weight and let's uh, let's uh, turn her on. I'm excited for this. Let's go. We have Daniel Tomlinson. Of retro eighty, he um, produces Land Rover inspired art, and uh, we really like his work. And asked him to be on the show today. Uh, just want to give a warm welcome to Daniel. Hello, Daniel.
2: Hi, Ike. Hi, Stephen.
1: Yeah, thanks for
0: uh, coming on today. I think both, um, you know, both Ike and I, as we said uh, in the uh, warm up there, that uh, we're both uh, big fans and uh, and avid collectors, uh, if you will, of the uh, of the retro uh, eighty collection. It's funny because um, our originally ike was recording in his office over at the workshop and there was all kinds of great retro 80 art behind him and mine is actually all just over there ike has been in my office and it's uh, it's just on the other other side of the screen so we don't have any like we can't prove it but but believe us when we say there is uh there is there is quite a there is quite a bit around us and it is uh it makes me uh uh delight to to uh to see it so uh, so thank you for uh for that
1: yeah, it warms the cockles of my heart every time I see it.
2: Yeah, well, thank you, thank you guys for um, well for buying it. Really, I suppose you know it's great.
0: So, Daniel, why it was something we ask everyone uh, because I think we're still trying to figure it out ourselves. Uh, maybe uh, by uh, this uh, this large research uh, project that we call a a, a podcast. Uh, why in in the world uh, of all the cars in the world is it the uh, the Land Rover that has captivated uh, that has captivated you so?
2: It's well, it's a bit. Of a long story. Both my grandparents had Land Rovers. They then joined the, the local Land Rover Club. That's how my mum and dad met. My dad always had Land Rovers. He's strictly speaking, on his first car, but his second car, he had an 80 back when it was just a Land Rover, he didn't know exactly what it was, but it was it turned out to be an 80. That would be very early 70s. And then we ju- just I just grew up around Land Rovers and Family friends had Land Rovers. Because we were involved in the Land Rover Club scene, we'd just spend what felt like almost every weekend at a Land Rover Club event. So as soon as I could drive, I had an 80 as well. It's sort of in the blood, really. You know, haven't had anything else.
1: So you were born
2: into a cult. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a, a completely, an utterly, completely brainwashed, yeah, from, from the word go. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm, you know, I've, I've I've still a lot of friends from from the Land Rover, you know, from Land Rover clubs, and yeah, we've all been brainwashed.
1: Well, I think I uh, fall into that category as well. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Land Rover or Land Rovers that you have now.
2: I've just got the one at the moment. I've got an 18 inch series one. It's not very original, it's not very standard. It's a 50 model year, but I run a two and a quarter series 2A gearbox, series 3 axles, wide springs on the back, series 3 steering brakes, etc., which is something I sort of built about. I think it was probably about 10 or 8 years ago now I finished it. I've had lots of various Land Rovers over the years but I'm just a, I'm a sucker for an 80. I, I had a period where I didn't have an 80 and um, I had a, a very nice 110 county station wagon, a TD5 one, um, you know the, the, the county model with all the metallic paint and the alloy wheels and all that sort of stuff and that was great but I just missed having an 80. So I decided to build my sort of ideal 80 as it were so coming from that kind of Land Rover Club background where you just modify your Land Rover you're looking to make it a bit quicker turn a bit tighter a bit more axle travel that kind of thing I decided that okay I'm going to build the 80 that I didn't Quite have when I was younger and that's what I did when I when I put this one together so yeah that that I mean that's pretty, yeah. it, pretty it with the 80.
1: For those uh, listeners who are unfamiliar you can check out Daniel's 80 inch and his artwork at uh, retro80 on Instagram uh, there's some really wonderful images and pictures of uh, the work he's done on his Land Rover and also his uh, artwork and so it sounds like the Land Rovers started first and then how uh, did the how did that involve into uh, drawing land Rovers
2: I've always been able to draw you know a lot of us have something that we are good at as kids and I was always the kid that could draw so I would always be drawing land Rovers basically you know I can remember you know having trying to draw the 101 on the off the front of a, a 101 parts catalog you know the old the white parts catalogs with the blue drawings on and the white yeah, the, blue, the blue ink I Distinctly remember, you know, trying to draw that and, you know, if I've ever been drawing something, it's always been Landy's.
0: I remember as a uh, as a uh, adolescent, as a teenager um, here in in North America, we have a place called Rovers North out in Vermont. And as part of their um, catalog that they would send around, they had this sort of identify your Land Rover page, which had a bunch of little black and white drawings, exactly like you're describing. From the front of, I'm sure they're probably gleamed from parts catalogs and things of all of the different versions from the series, uh, you know, from an 80 inch all the way through to a modern north american spec defender which was brand new um you know sort of at the uh at the time and uh sort of remember doing the same kind of thing like trying of course i'm very bad at it uh whereas i think we differ significantly there uh, the land rover is like even little kids can kind of get a pretty convincing land rover as the shape is is sort of so iconic and and somewhat simple but i think that's where um the art that you do takes that very simple, those simple shapes and renders them in sort of such an iconic way um, that it's really, it's really fun to look at. And it looks like uh, a really neat, uh, you know, really neat adventure piece.
1: Yeah. I've noticed that uh, Daniel's work um has, in addition to the Land Rover, often, uh, you know, an incredible background or an incredible place that really, uh, you know, anchors the vehicle into that e- either time period or place. And I think that's what makes uh, yours stand out from a lot of other uh, artwork of a similar genre.
0: Well, and those iconic Land Rover places. Uh, we were talking to Nick uh, Dimbleby, the uh, iconic uh, Land Rover photographer and a good friend of all of ours, uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, he sort of, I think, had a, had a fun announcement of a photographer that he sort of learned from said, you know, I'm really a landscape photographer. I just happen to put a car in the foreground. Um, and I think that's a lot of the, you know, what, what's really exciting about the, the art that you do as well, Daniel, is the, you know, you, having been to Easterner Castle or to the Jungle Track or whatever, that it's such a neat sort of iconic place. And then to sort of have uh, such a great land river doing something, you know, sort of wading through water or going around a little bit of a trials course or something is very fun.
2: Yeah, I quite influenced by back in the in the in the twenties and thirties. In particular, we had a lot of fantastic railway posters, and they would be um, advertising posters for different holiday destinations that you could get to from via train or whatever, and they just wonderful pieces of of graphic art and that's been a, a great sort of inspiration t- towards those backdrops and things you know so like you know the highlands of scotland or like you say jungle track you know easter castle you know it's nice to try and get somewhere a destination in there that is relevant to land rover it doesn't necessarily have to be where you know land rover is famous i.e Eastner castle but you know it can be just somewhere you've been on holiday you know in, in your own in your own land rover you know Cornwall or Wales or wherever.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the process of creating one of these sort of iconic uh, pieces. Where do you, where do you sort of, first of all, where do you start? Where do you get the idea to say, okay, I'm going to do a poster. I want to do Easter Castle. How do you decide the location? Do you do a photograph? And then sort of what's the technical, um, you know, sort of process of actually creating uh, that end product?
2: Well, I'll take a lot of photographs. I also use an iPad quite a lot. So I've got one of those big 13-inch iPads with an iPad pencil. And a lot of it is drawn up on the iPad before, you know, going onto the computer to be coloured up. And a lot of the backdrop is actually, it's not a true representation of what is at Eastner Castle, for instance. There's a lot of sort of artistic license in there, if you know what I mean. You know, a lot of it is out of my head, as it were.
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, you know the the context is important, but also you know y- you you kind of draw on the feeling of being in that place. You know the color or the the shape, and uh, y- you know maybe it's not a exact perspective of what you would see while you were there, but it it really does give you the sense of that. Um, you know, I really like your uh, your drawing of the Bluebird uh, one hundred and nine support vehicles. You know the land speed cars. You know that's uh, probably not a maybe an exact representation of something that happened uh uh you know that particular um scenario but it's uh it, it really gives you the sense of being there i love it
2: yeah um, i would say a lot of it is straight out of my head as much as it is a study of that place But you know that's probably a good way of um of putting it you know with a lot you know there's a lot of artistic interpretation in there
0: and so do you start by do you sort of uh rotoscope if you will the the photographs or or do you start from a a blank piece of digital paper and start sketching or what's your sort of what's your sort of method
2: well the first thing i tend to do is start sketching out on paper just rough ideas and and quite often it's more the the layout um, and sort of perspective of things so i can work out that it will work that it will work as a piece, i.e. your Land Rover is visible, but also the actual destination is visible. And if there's a landmark in there, that needs to be relatively visible as well. You know, you don't want it hidden by the Land Rover. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, quite a bit of time working out roughly how it's going to look. But quite often by the time it actually comes to the final piece, it's really completely changed from that. You know, it sort of tends to have a life of its own and, you know, over, over time it can completely change.
1: Are there other artists uh, that work with uh, Land Rovers or vehicles that you really um, you really like or you would recommend uh, people check out their work?
2: I follow a chap on uh, social media called Stefan Marjoram and he, he does fantastic uh, drawings and sketches. He's just a really super, super talented guy. He's definitely worth checking out going back to your technical drawings that you were talking about from the old car magazines, there was a chap that I used to follow as much as you could in in the 90s uh, called Bob Freeman. He's probably more difficult to find now, but he did the most wonderful pencil technical drawings, but also with ink washes as well and little handmade notes. And he used to be um, published in in some of the car magazines here in the UK. I think he died in the late 90s. But if you search, search for his work, you can still buy it here and there. And, you know, old back issues and magazines. He, he was a real... When I was applying for art college and what have you, Yeah, he was a real sort of inspiration back then.
1: Yeah, I I think I've seen some of his work. He he does like pencil drawings and almost has like a a
2: watercolor style
1: over the top of the, the drawings. Does that sound right?
2: Yes, that's it. Yeah. I, I thought it was watercolor as well, but I, when I looked into it, it was actually like an ink wash. But and it also had little hand annotations in there, and you know, it would have little comments and things. He just a really wonderful, wonderful artist. Fantastic pictures of engines and close-ups of components. And um, back in the early nineties, there was a magazine. I think it, I took took a subscription out for it, and within a couple of months, it was then it then went bust. But. Um, <laughs> He had uh, in that in there he they published his work. I remember one of them was a lovely drawing of a D-type Jaguar, and I think it was a very early works one and would have this lovely drawing of this curvaceous body of this d-type jag it would have extra drawings in there of the of the interior and the dash and all the dials it was you know really really wonderful stuff
1: yeah i think uh, that sort of style is really cool and um, you know we talked a little bit before we started the show about uh, land rover advertising from the 50s and 60s and general motoring advertising incorporated a lot more art because, uh, you know, photography at the time was largely black and white, and so to convey that color, they used paintings, they used drawings, and uh, the interiors, the exteriors, the uh, locations where you might use those vehicles were always rendered by artists, and today that is uh, largely gone. You know, obviously there's digital artists, and and I don't want to diminish their work at all, but uh, you know, there's something uh, warm and cheerful about something that's hand drawn or hand painted, and uh, I really like seeing that in that vintage advertising
2: yeah absolutely i think one of the guys that they used was a chap called terence cuneo my grandfather was really into steam trains mm. um, and terence Cunio did great big paintings of steam steam trains um, so my grandfather would have some of these paintings, in you know, a couple in the house or maybe, you know, in his garage or whatever. And then a lot later on that I realised this was the same chap who did some of the artwork for the early Series 1 advertisements. I might be wrong, but I, he might have done the one with the with the 86 with all the packing cases in the back going up the sign that says no through road except for Land Rover and it's disappearing away yeah. I might be wrong but I think he did that and I think he also did the series one long wheelbase artwork where there's a a BOAC airplane, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, opening the back door, the 107 station wagon, you know, getting the packing cases out and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, a very well-known, I wouldn't say graphic artist, more of a illustrator artist. I'm not quite sure how you would, you know, pigeonhole him, but, you know, really good.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time looking at those drawings when I was younger, and, and still do, because it's, it's just fascinating to me. But uh, yeah, you know, I always wonder, where did all those paintings go? You know, they there there was a physical painting for a lot of that stuff, or a physical drawing for a lot of that stuff, and you, you almost never see that, that material turn up. But uh, I, I always really liked, the, there was a cutaway drawing of a Series 1, I think it was by a fellow by the name of brian hatton and it appeared in the motor magazine in the 50s and uh just i could spend hours looking at that thing you know uh Really excellent rendering of the vehicle, and then cutaways where you could see the engine, the transmission, the frame, the you know power takeoff. You know, just incredible amount of detail. And whatever they were paying those guys at the time, it wasn't enough because uh, yeah, you could just you could just stare at that and and look at it a hundred times and always see a, a new detail. Um, there's another artist by the name of Guy Allen who does a lot of stylized work. He's also on Instagram that you might check out, but uh, he does uh, art for a lot of the big museum exhibits for, uh, Mm -hmm. automobiles. You know, if there's a Porsche exhibition or something, they'll have a a catalog or a poster or something and he'll do that work. Um, but, uh, yeah, Guy Allen's another cool one to check out. I really, uh, really like his work. And then, um, let's see, I'm trying to think who else uh, is pretty interesting, but those are the two that, that really stick out to me. Terry Davey did some cool ones too, where he, he did a lot of cutaway technical drawings. Um, yeah, And, uh, there's one particular one of a series three that, that kind of harkens back to that one by Brian Hatton that I, I really like and appreciate. We're going to take a very quick break to
0: hear from this sponsor. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at
2: ArmorAll.com. Armorall, Less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. i um, just going back to uh, the Bob Freeman technical drawings. There is a chap. Um, I don't know his name, but if he's on social media and he calls himself Rev's Automotive, I think he might be Rev as in Reverend, as, as in a, he's a man of the cloth. Um, he does wonderful, um, very similar, similar things with, uh, te- technical drawings with lovely, uh, color washes on them. Um, so yeah, if you, if you like Bob Freeman's work from, you know, Back in the sixties and seventies, uh, he's probably somebody to uh, have very a look at. cool. Very cool. If he ever hears this, uh, uh, there's a chap called I'm gonna, trying to pronounce his name. I think his name is Lazel, Tim Le- Tim mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of um, classic car prints. Um, he's, he's sort of very well known, I think, in the automotive sphere, and he does a lot of stuff for Goodwood Revival and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. He, he's uh, another really good really good uh shout his work his work also does remind me of those sort of 20s and 30s travel posters from the railway companies
1: i uh i really like uh checking out new artists so hopefully some of our listeners will enjoy uh checking out some of those the ones that we've mentioned is there a a particular piece of work that you're particularly proud of that you've done oh
2: i'm gonna you're gonna have to give me a moment to think about this um it depends on what date it is, really. The first one I did that I was really pleased with was the uh, Red Wharf Bay print with the 80-inch Series 1, you know, on the beach there. And that was um, – the first one I ever did. And I suppose it's like when you have pop star, uh, pop stars or bands where they're trying to, um, they produce that first album and then they're always trying to, uh, trying to better that first album. It's a little, it's a little bit like that. That one I was always really pleased with. And, um, I did recently a 101 print with the Trans Sahara expedition which is a very simple one, but I'm you know, really pleased with that. And also London to Singapore print with Oxford and Cambridge you know, wading through a, a river. You know, that's taken from photographs that I'd taken myself of various series ones, but the rest of it I've seen all the photographs or not, obviously not all of them, but I've seen a lot of photographs of that expedition and looked at it. And then, so the backdrop itself is pretty much straight out of my head, really, you know, it's trying to get a feel for it as much as, you know, the actual detail, but that's uh, another one that I've been particularly pleased with. Yeah. I've
1: seen some of those and, and have some of those hanging on my wall. So I'm i uh, I'm also a fan. Is there um is there a particular place that uh, enthusiasts of your work can uh, can check out your work and and purchase it?
2: Uh, yeah, it's um, www.retro80.co.uk and it's retro80, r e t r o e i g h t y. Um, I'm also on Instagram under retro80 um, and Facebook again under retro 80
0: and a great and the youtube uh, uh channel uh, as well where does that where does that come from who does the youtube channel with you
2: well that's my son he's caught the bug like you know like like i did he you know he, i was brainwashed and i've managed to brainwash my son <laughs> yeah my i've got i've got two sons uh ben who's the oldest who's now 17 and able to drive he's really really into it as as well my youngest son couldn't care less. <laughs> over here, we have, um, we call them uh, Tyro trials, mm-hmm. where with the local Land Rover club, you can do a very mild trial in your Land Rover when you're age 14 um, and above. Mm. So you don't have to have a license, you know, as long as you, you you know, you've got somebody sitting in with you. You compete over this very, uh, very simple trial section, you know, there'd be 12 sections in a day. And my eldest Ben, he just couldn't wait to do that. I then said to my youngest son, when he was approaching 14, I said, do you want to do that? And he just went, maybe he just, he just doesn't care.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm sure he'll get there. I'm sure he'll get there. Right. I'm sure he'll get
2: there. Yeah. But Ben, my eldest, he does all the, he does the videos and um, he's, he's art college at the moment. Um, doing photography and graphic design um, and he he really enjoys doing the videos we don't do as many as we'd like but you know that's sort of you know the way the way it is right but, you know we, if we go away for the weekend he'll he'll take lots of footage of it and try and put something together for the for the youtube channel
1: okay it's time for everybody's favorite portion of our interviews, the uh, the lightning round, the speed dating version of Land Rover interviews. I have a few questions for you here, Daniel. And uh, if you could just give us a short response, it'll give our listeners just a quick insight into your Land Rover preferences. Okay. All right. Are you ready?
2: Yep, I'm ready. Okay.
1: Coils or leaves? Leaves. Gas or diesel? Gas. Hard top or soft top? Soft top. Bronze green or tambora orange? Bronze green. And the best way to get gear oil out of your underpants.
2: Why would you want to?
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, for all of our listeners, definitely take some time to check out Daniel at Retro80 on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. And uh, on the web, and you can buy his merchandise at, which assuredly you will, at uh, retro80.co.uk and hopefully I've got that correct is that right Daniel
2: yeah that's all correct thank you very much guys I've, uh, I've enjoyed it all right
1: all right Daniel thanks very much and
0: uh, as always you're welcome to come on the uh, show again talk about uh, new things you've got coming up looking forward to it so uh, all the best uh, stay safe and uh, we'll talk to you soon
2: Brilliant. thank you very much guys
0: all right well as always fantastic talking to Daniel man that guy is uh, super talented and, and has a, what a neat process it's cool that he does it on the iPad that's uh, that's kind of a neat what an amazing non-retro way to do what is super cool retro kind of art and uh, i appreciate the ability to sort of have you know one of his stylized cars in a, a, a few different backgrounds you know so if you have a range rover and you want it at the in the jungle track you can kind of make that combo I of course have the stage one in the jungle uh, in the jungle track uh, uh, print of his that I I love very much. That's right over there, um, and it's great. He's also done you know the camel trophy truck. He's done uh, the Steve McQueen truck. He's done all kinds of all kinds of very cool, uh, very cool sort of collaboration stuff. And of course the new logo um, or or maybe special edition logo uh, for our friends over at the Center Steer podcast as well.
1: Yeah, I really like his work, and uh, it was uh, it was fun to talk to him and learn a little bit about what he does and uh, and how he's uh he's got his kids excited about both art and land rovers that's that was also pretty neat,
0: too. yeah, and you know what the uh the youtube channel's a lot of fun i would uh it, his son does a great job and uh it's neat you see daniel in there he doesn't really ever say anything, but you see great things driving that eighty inch uh you know and now knowing a little bit more about its uh modifications and stuff really cool, like a really neat uh Really, they do a great job. They do a great job. So I encourage you to find the Retro80 YouTube channel. Uh, go and find it. And again, uh, retro80.co.uk for all of the beautiful prints and merch and things that, uh, that Daniel makes. It's all. It's all real good stuff.
1: Speaking of beautiful things, uh, it sounds like you availed yourself of a wonderful, uh, beautiful weekend and went to a car show. I did, yeah. So Chris and I packed
0: up the uh, eighty-inch and uh, the mini. Uh, he is a mini Countryman uh, from the '60s, and uh, we took that to the uh, Central Coast uh, British Car Show, which is uh, which was in Oxnard, uh, California, along the coast in the harbor there, uh, Channel Islands Harbor, which is really great. And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful day. Lots of people came and said hello um some of those people uh, even listen to the podcast so hello to those folks that uh, that I uh, I chatted with uh, over the weekend and enjoy your stickers and uh yeah chris actually took second place overall in the mini uh, category uh, with his uh, with his Countryman, his uh, his classic, uh, you know, it's got the split door on the back and it's a little bit longer wheelbase. Uh, original Countryman, very, uh, very cool little car. We ripped the exhaust right off of the car, getting it onto the trailer. Um, <laughs> just completely ripped it off. So it sounded uh, like it uh, had a V8 in it. Uh, it, were didn't. You, it
1: didn't. Were you by chance using Harbor Freight ramps? Oh my goodness. You know, we <laughs> thought about using those Harbor Freight ramps and then we
0: decided, no, <laughs> instead chris made like little pyramids out of wood in order to get the car uh off of the trailer at the show and then and then and then back on to the trailer but uh yeah no super fun weekend and uh, some super cool super cool cars now unfortunately the 80 inch was in the uh 70 uh years uh, and older uh, i guess the car uh 1970s and older um, and uh, that had a couple of AC cobras it had some lotus race cars it had uh, you know a number of things that let's be honest uh, the 80 inch is not going to float to the top of that uh, amongst a crowd of British car uh, enthusiasts uh, but hey there was another a uh, wonderful uh, um, uh, another wonderful uh, air portable uh, series car there uh, had a great chat with that owner it I, I,
1: I think uh, you're making a lot of excuses there I, uh, I expect a win next time. <laughs>
0: we're gonna lobby for our own category do a little gerrymandering in 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 such a way that we can't lose that's that's my
1: plan that's that sounds uh that sounds that sounds like you. yeah it's the way of the future <laughs> so if there is a uh,
0: British car meet that you would like uh, Ike and I to show up to and then complain about not winning uh let us know drop us a line we're happy to uh we're happy to come down uh, we'll bring uh, one of the uh uh fabulous cars and uh, also a mini that we can uh, win something with
1: so not only will we win we'll make you uncomfortable the entire Time we're doing it. It's
0: going to be really weird. Lots of uh, stares and uh, awkward silences. That's what we're all about. <laughs> Speaking of awkward silence, as always, some great stuff on Patreon. Thank you to our new uh, patrons uh, as they uh, uh, join the underpowered army. Uh, we are uh, we're Whoa. hard at work on uh, on uh, putting your uh, funds to good use. Uh, we're uh, we're working on uh, getting uh, stickers uh, out to everyone. All of our patrons are going to receive a, a set of special. Edition um, ninety, uh, I'm sorry, eighty-inch uh, glossy or or silvery stickers, as well as the sparkly camel trophy truck, which is a. Uh you know it is a sight to behold uh, up close uh, it is it is it is really something
1: i for one am uh, looking forward to designing some lenticular decals for our future patreon members uh, i'm really excited about those i remember them fondly from the, uh, the 80s putting them on my trapper keeper uh, uh, i really want to yeah, really want to develop some of those. For those of you not familiar, they're the ones that kind of move or animated. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. from one angle,
0: it's an eighty inch. From the other angle, it's just Ike screaming. So you can <laughs> you know flip back and forth uh, and and get that, which is I know something everyone uh, is looking forward
1: to. So get a lot of requests for
0: that. It's been a lot of requests. Ike, it's been another uh, great week uh, here on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to uh, chatting about uh, everything going on in the wide world of landering uh, next week. Week. So until then, we'll see you soon.
1: All right. Thanks, Stephen. See you then.
0: Powered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.